Welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence brought to you by Soapbox. We're in the business of social media and influencer marketing. So we talk to people every day who've built brands, fans, and followers. We're intrigued by the idea of influence. What makes certain people so compelling? Join us each and every week as we raise our glasses with captivating individuals and dig into what it means to develop a personal brand and have true influence. Cheers to real people and riveting stories. So welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence hosted by Box Influence. We're really excited to kick off this conversation today, some of us more than others, right? So I'm Beth Stevens. I'm the president of Soapbox Influence, and we're in a business where every single day we talk about influence, we talk about social media, we talk about marketing, and we're particularly passionate about people who have influence because it's such an interesting topic, you know. How do you wield influence? How do you gain influence? And what does that mean? And what kind of responsibility comes with that? So I'm here today with Charlotte and Nate from the Soapbox team. And we're going to hear from them a little bit, let you get to know us. And then in future episodes, we will dive in with some really exciting guests. So Char, you want to kick us off and talk about who you are and what you do? Yes. Hi. I'm super pumped that we're finally here. We are finally here. I think Beth has been dreaming about this becoming a thing like for half a decade. For a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I I started here (laughs) for a decade. Wow. That's like five years. I know. When you put it like that, it's like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I am senior marketing manager here. So I get to work alongside with Beth and just kind of be the gatekeeper and do everything soapbox marketing. Um, what's really cool about that is kind of do a streamline of marketing for our influencers, but then also for our clients as well. And so I really just enjoy that, um, get to kind of merge those two worlds. Like clients don't, they're on social media, they're seeing all these things, but they don't realize like there's a, they have a direct connection to Mm -hmm. them, which is really cool that we get to be the bridge the gap there. So yeah, I'm from right here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, so I just commute up here to Bentonville, Big the commute. long commute, yes. <laughs> but you know, I'm like, there's no traffic here. Come on guys. So but funny. yes, just love it here. I love everything about Northwest Arkansas and the opportunities here. And yeah, love that. Yeah. And I like that you described it as gatekeeper. I feel like you're more of a flood gatekeeper because mm. literally soapbox is this world where we have so many ideas swirling and so many cool people who we get to interact with. And you are kind of reigning and tempering that and, and bringing some focus to it, which I think is really cool yeah. and appropriate for this combo. Like, do we talk about Enneagram here? Because <gasps> oh. I feel like most of your Oof. job is just managing Wrangling Enneagram. Yeah. ideas. Um, <laughs> Her it's type so, seven ideas. So yeah, so, the, the yeah, floodgate keeper is basically just the Beth keeper. If you didn't, yeah. if you didn't catch on from that, I am a nine on the enneagram, aka I'm just trying to keep the peace here, <laughs> trying to keep the peace at all times. And these two right here are sevens, and so that's always entertaining. Guilty. But then they tell me, oh, let's go do this. Let's do that. And I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) I'm in. It works perfectly. So, Nate, not so much the peacekeeper, but tell us a little bit about you. Not so much. Yeah. So, um, Nate Patterson, I um, have actually grown up here in Northwest Arkansas most of my life. 
And I've been at Soapbox for two and a half years, um, came from Walmart previously. And I am currently the director of operations and insights. So basically kind of the behind the scenes guy, like you won't catch me on podcasts or um, <laughs> <laughs> any of our external marketing. <laughs> Unless they drag me in. into it. Uh, I prefer to be behind the scenes. No, just really kind of working on Soapbox's um, processes, their operations, trying to make us more efficient and streamlined and um yeah, that's basically me in a nutshell. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and you now have to dive into the Enneagram because you brought it up. So. Oh, yes, yeah. also a type 7. But I, like, I'm more of a quiet 7, like where Beth is not as much. <laughs> um, I tend to be a little bit more, I don't know, more reserved 7. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Except for when it comes to lunch, you're very passionate about where we're going. I mean, I do get passionate about lunch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So food and drink, kind of a thing here. I'm laughing because as we record, we've got like 15 beverages (laughs) among us. So, um, which I think is funny because uh, it really speaks to that sense of community and that sense of sharing a table, which is something that I think we're all really passionate about at Soapbox. And it's it's also interesting because we've said this is not a Soapbox podcast, but kind of it is. Um, you know, obviously it's it's what we do every single day and it's woven into our conversations. But um, we're hoping to really bring some interesting people to the table who have gained influence in their own niche. Um, I think because of the work that we do every day, we have access to some really incredible people. So as we kind of start thinking about those future guests, uh, why should people get excited, you guys? Why mm-hmm. should they be tuning in to Social Proof to hear more? Yeah, I, I can go. So when I started at Soapbox, um, like May of 2018, um, Beth kind of recruited me straight from corporate America, and um, I don't have a huge background in marketing, and I didn't really understand what influencer was. It took me a while to understand, um, like what influencer marketing is and how it operates and what it does. And I remember attending my first um, soapbox kind of megaphone art community. Um, what's it called? Oh, summit, the megaphone summit. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there was a lady there that shared her story about. You know they were they were poor um, and they had they did like this sustainable gardening from their home and from that she started blogging her experience and it grew and it grew and people started asking her about these ideas like where did, where did you buy that and so she started sharing that online and mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the story of how you know this kind of from humble beginnings grew into this thriving business and I was really intrigued by hearing that story and that's where it kind of clicked for me mm-hmm. that influences um, much more than maybe what you see on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And it's much more than like Kim K, yeah. um, you know, peddling some some person's products, but these are real people. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are. They're they're real people and they have real stories that that are intriguing and they're they're business owners yeah. at their heart. They're yeah. entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, and that's something that I, you know, I can get behind and can be passionate about. So, that's one thing I'm excited about bringing this on to this this podcast mm-hmm. is hearing from real life people. Maybe they're slightly aspirational, maybe they're you know, kind of forward thinking, um, but they're they're real people with really amazing stories on how they, you know, came to be, and then now they're wielding influence for mm-hmm. a, in, in a positive way out mm-hmm. in society. So that's one thing I'm excited about. Yeah, I love that. yeah. I feel like the other side of it. Um, I feel like I fell in love with same like you with influence after I started here. Um, 
whenever I was looking for a new job, all I saw was, okay, soapbox. All I, I don't know anything about what they do, but I know I want to be a part of it. <laughs> like, that's what I knew. And I just saw Beth and the way that she was, like, leading this company and just, like, I saw, wait, whoa, they have influence in what they're doing. And just like that outside looking in, whatever they're doing, they're they're making a statement there. And so that's really cool as like a large organization, like we too can have influence. Mm-hmm. And so just being in this world that's surrounded by suppliers and just like big corporate America, like mm-hmm. we're getting to show this different side of like what it like looks like to work right now yeah. in 2020, very different. But yeah, I feel like I just got to see, oh wait, like, you can have an influence where you work and mm-hmm. you can have an influence with who you work with and yeah. just that side of it too. I love that. I feel like you guys did such a good job of kind of naturally weaving in this other topic that we're really passionate about, which is our workplace and our culture and um, you know, that responsibility I think that we have um, to lead by example. And, you know, we joke a lot at soapbox that we're um, you know, we're all in love with each other. We, we love the environment and, but we're also really um, passionate guardians of that. I think we are fierce, uh, fiercely protective of you know how how we're perceived by the world, and that that is authentic. It's really who we are, and um, so I'd love to hear you guys talk a little bit more about that and unpack it because I think you know workplace culture and our shared passion for building what I would call a modern workplace is going to be an overarching theme of this podcast moving forward. So. Shar, any thoughts? Yes. Um, (laughs) I feel like one of the coolest things here is just that we are very passionate about what we're doing at work here, but also our personal lives. Like Beth and Nate are always making sure that I'm putting, you know, my little brother's football game first, but also needing to get out what needs to get out. But Mm -hmm. I feel like the biggest thing is like just seeing a person as a whole Mm -hmm. and just seeing that like if they're doing well in their personal life and if they're thriving if my thing if I need to go work out at 11 o'clock like Mm -hmm. go do that Mm -hmm. so then I'm come back and I'm fueled I'm gonna work harder after Mm -hmm. um I feel like that's one of the coolest things I got to see here was you it's a holistic approach like Mm -hmm. I think Nate said the other day you care about the person as like a what do you say like please don't quote me on anything I say. yeah just kidding I'm like actually probably shouldn't say it yeah but you care about like the whole like mind body spirit everything mm-hmm. about it it takes like and we're all rooting for each other yeah you know That's it's good. not this I think we've started to see that like each side of the business is held up by the other mm-hmm. um, so we want each other to do well and mm-hmm. we're going to cheer each other on yeah absolutely uh, I like you, you said something earlier about influences as kind of this universal term like where you obviously we're an influencer marketing and our job is to you know this kind of word of mouth through digital mm-hmm. but also I think it does permeate into our workplace as well where you know, we want to have influence on those around us for good. Mm-hmm. And I, I like this <clears throat> concept of, you know, this influential culture mm-hmm. where we, we do, we have a culture of really, we care about mm-hmm. the individual. Um, and hopefully we not only just take care of each other, but we take care of our community of influencers and we take care of our mm-hmm. community of clients. And mm-hmm. we want to be known for that. Um, and I think that's really important. But back to Beth's point to, um, we have this, what are this phrase, like well at work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the idea of being well um, is not just, you know, your physical health or your, your mental health or just your work health. It's it's all of those things. And 
I, I love the culture that we've created here of really striving to make sure everyone is well mm-hmm. at work, you know, whether it's, um, you know, being more lenient in, you know, the way that they work or their mode of working or mm-hmm. are they, you know, remote working or in the office or, mm-hmm. you know, are they exercising at 9 or 10 a.m. because that's what helps them keep their head on straight, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the day and makes them more productive. So, yeah, yeah this idea of, you know, thinking of the person as a whole, I think mm-hmm. is really important. And and it's a been a long time coming. You yeah. know, I think there's still a lot of companies that maybe have that old paradigm of, you know, 7.30 to 5.30 and it's rigid and it's structured and, you know, high performance. But yeah. I think we're starting to move out of that mm-hmm. culture for, yeah. you know, for the better. So, Well, and I think we also reflect um, the people we serve, the community we serve, the influencers we work with, because, you know, this – I don't think either of you is saying we're about a short work day or, you know, we're about um, not getting it done. I think everyone who's affiliated with Soapbox, whether they're on our staff or they're in our community or they're the the clients and the big brands that we serve, you know, they tend to be very passionate about what they're doing. And um, so, yeah, I love that you guys kind of brought it full circle to that sort of whole person and that mentality of when you're taking care of yourself, you can take care of others. And um, we really see that, I think, in our team. Yeah, and I think yeah. when you develop that culture of trust, you know, where you trust the employees and the staff and the staff mm-hmm. trust you back, that you get your best work from yes. them. Yeah. They will do their best work, and it and it's not because they're feeling pressured to. It's because I think they mm-hmm. genuinely will want to do their best work. And mm-hmm. we've seen that time and time and again as yeah. we, you know, offer that trust to um, our employees. So mm-hmm. It's certainly returned. Yeah. And, you know, it's also interesting that you guys touched on some of these things because – you know, we keep saying that the common theme of this podcast is influence, right? Having influence, um, you know, guarding your influence, using integrity with uh, the influence that you wield in your everyday community or in your workplace or on your platform, the personal brand that you've you've built. And so hopefully as we start to bring some of our guests on here, we'll dig into these exact topics of, you know, what does it mean to have influence and, you know, what does your workday look like and how does that permeate how you conduct yourself and how you operate every single day? But I think it begs another really interesting question of, you know, who is this podcast intended for? Who's going to get the most out of it? And, you know, I keep kind of running through in my mind, is it is it an aspirational, you know, would-be influencer? Is it a current rock star influencer? Is it someone who's a shopper marketer, or a brand marketer who wants to, you know, just stay on the periphery of this um, this whole world, this environment? And so far, my answer's been yes, right, to all of those. <laughs> all the, so all the above. <laughs> if I pose it to you guys, you know, who's going to get the most out of this? Who is the podcast intended for? Oh, I'm going to let Char go. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you said just that, you know, I think of it it really can hit so many people. Like yeah. I think of a mom who's trying to stay up to date with like this world that she's ha- having to raise her kids in of mm-hmm. like, okay, what is TikTok? What is this? Yeah. What is this? Or someone who has like a little side hustle or a passion and is like, how do I move forward with this? How right. do I go and do something with this and like mm-hmm. make an impact on this world? Right. Um, and so that's where I think it's cool is like what you said, like influence touches everyone and everyone has influence. Right. So it really can go widespread. I mean, it can be, you know, a senior manager male at a supplier, like being like, okay, I keep hearing that my brand needs to, brands need to be online and all those things. Like, how do I tap tap into this? Like, uh, 
they didn't grow up on that and it's right. like taking over mm-hmm. and it's becoming the norm. So yeah. I really think it's widespread. I love that. I'm thinking of this uh, individual we were talking with once who said, um, wanted to meet with Soapbox and said, hey, so I need to go digital. And we were like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, like, what do, what do you mean? He's like, no idea. I just, I need I to go I digital. Need to. And we're like, Gotta okay, go. well, we can, we can help you with that, yeah. sir. I also think of our our community of influencers, right? We have, it, I mean, there are thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of actual influencers across the U.S. And however you wanted to find that, whether they have 200 followers or 2 million followers, they are all trying to, you know, build their story and tell their story. And, and I, and I, I do hope that this podcast will be inspirational for them, that they mm-hmm. can, they can actually be true to themselves and their story through this world of marketing where it, it is easy to, you know, like veer from your mm-hmm. authentic, true yeah. audience and your story. And hopefully this is an inspiration to them as well on, you know, how mm-hmm. to, how to build their brand and still be true to themselves and their story mm-hmm, because yeah. that is becoming, I think, increasingly important um, mm-hmm. where in this saturated market, you know, I, you could say the influencers are more saturated today than ever, mm-hmm. um, that it's important that they, you know, that they know their audience and that they know their story and where they came from and what their audience resonates with. And mm-hmm. that helps us, you know, as marketers be able to, um, you know, bring together brands mm-hmm. and these influencers and their and their audiences in a more like organic, right. unique way. Yeah. Make it an actual partnership, which I think yeah. is what we talk yeah. about all the time. We say that we we want to help these influencers make a living from their living rooms. And, you know, you we joke a lot about the Kim Kardashians and the Jennifer Aniston's of the world and how we really are working with those more everyday approachable, you know, they're sometimes called nano influencers or micro influencers. We call them the power middle. Um, because they, they're just like you and me, right? They they have kids and they have shopping lists and they have pets and, um, you know, they don't they don't have this perfectly polished exterior, but they wield influence because someone has turned to them at some point and said, "I'd like to know more about that. What product are you using there? Mm-hmm. How did you decorate your house? And you know, lead me, coach me." And I think that's that's what's really interesting about you know we played with this theme of social proof, um, which really means having influence. And that often, I think, gets defined in the broad marketplace as these, you know, like you're following Instagram, you know, influencers in the wild, and you're looking at all of these antics and ridiculousness. But influencers, I think, for us at Soapbox are really um, everyday people who have something to say. They've got social proof. So anything you'd And I think that's the other point. Sorry, Charlotte, if you had something to say. (laughs) That there are, um, I think there's a lot of of brands or um, potential clients out there, companies that still have this, Mm -hmm. there's a stigma associated with influencers, right? Right. That maybe they're they're fake or um, that they don't really believe in the products that they're sponsoring. And and I think this podcast can help serve to, you know, Mm -hmm. alleviate some of those concerns and kind of, you know, bust some of those myths. Because I think Influence when you do it right, these influencers are actually very passionate about the mm-hmm. brands that they're promoting because it 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 can and should be a natural fit for right. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, love that. Yeah, and I feel like we're always telling them and reminding our influencers, coaching them to remember their why. Right, and I feel like that's something that like hopefully we can everybody can do. Remember your why. Like right. when we come to work every day, like mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Why am right. I passionate about this? And yeah. so I feel like that's something we can fit for anyone. Yeah. 
So that's a great segue as well as you talk about, you know, remember your why. We've got these questions that we will pose to our guests. So I'm going to pose some of them to you Mm. all and let you um, answer them a little bit as well. So Shar, I'm coming right back to you. What is your why? You know, what, Mm. what motivates you in terms of the work we do? You talked about what you thought it was before you started at Soapbox and now what it is every day. So, you know, besides the paycheck, what keeps you coming back? (laughs) I'm like you guys, um, you're my wife. Right no, but I would say I am obsessed with people. I just love people and loving on people and just passionate about people yeah. and whatever way that is, just being able to impact, um, people. I'm going to say it one more time, but really, I think the coolest thing is, you know, we'll hear stories about our influencers who mm-hmm. didn't have their house burnt down and they were not going to be able to celebrate Christmas and for their little kids. And like they got on a campaign where they were sent Christmas decorations Mm -hmm. and just so excited that they get to show the spirit of Christmas to their kids. Like that's impacting a person's life right Mm -hmm. there. Um, And the work that I do, it's really cool. Beth always says that I get to surprise and delight, (laughs) which I feel like marketing really does that because I get to, work super hard behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Then once I do something, I give it out to the people that need that. Mm-hmm. And so just really cool to deliver something that they really need. And yeah. so I feel like just getting to work with great people as well also. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, people. That's awesome. What she said. Like? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say the people. Uh, great no, one. not at the risk of sounding cliche and cheesy. Uh, it, I mean, it, it really does come down to the people that you work with, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think you could have the best job in the world and still hate it if you hated the people that you were around. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of people leave because they don't like their boss or their boss isn't given what they need, right? Even Mm -hmm. though the job might be ideal for them. And um, so I would agree with you 100%, Shar. I think getting to come to work every day or at least work from home, um, (laughs) Zoom with you guys every day. Is, Every day. is uh, really actually rewarding and meaningful. And, and that's, what we're, that's what we're striving to build as a culture where we want to, we want to be together. We want to work together. We want to collaborate. We want to innovate. Well, it, mm-hmm. it fuels innovation naturally, I think. And then it also fuels your best work. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the people. <laughs> And also, and also family, of course. And and I I think I came from a background in coaching where I, you know, coached gymnastics for several years and I still coach on the side. And there's just something so rewarding about developing potential in other people. And I I do get a lot of um, satisfaction out of that. Yeah, same. I love that. Okay, so I'm hitting you with a couple more questions that we will usually pose to our esteemed guests. Mm. Um, certainly, you guys have equal yeah. influence. So yeah, definitely. yeah we're like, um, I got like 200 followers on Instagram. <laughs> micro, Two thirds of them micro, are micro, family. Micro, micro, micro. Stop influencer. pitching yourself. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's focus on the um, topic. Nate, Matt, Pat, anyone wants to follow? <laughs> Uh, So I'm really something I'm really interested in. And actually, it segues into a lot of the conversation about it's it's where and when you do your best work. I find that really riveting. I could read articles all day long about people's morning routine or evening routine or what their day looks like. And I know you are a creature of routine and habit, Nate. But, um, you know, if you've ever heard anything about uh, chronotypes, which I think Mm. is a really, really cool topic around like 
basically, are you a morning person? Are you a night person? Are you an owl? Are you a, a lark? Mm. Um, so yeah, Shar, mm. kick us off. <laughs> when do you do your best work? Well, actually, if you can guess at all, it's when I'm surrounded by people. Um, <laughs> but really, I am fueled when I'm at a coffee shop and sitting there and I see everyone else around me working hard, doing things. It like fuels me mm-hmm. to continue and keep going. And I feel like it's I can get distracted sometimes if I'm by myself. I'm just like, oh, I'm in this alone. Yeah. Um, but whenever I'm surrounded by people, I feel like it's just it's fueling for yeah. me. Um, when we're all in a room working hard, I feel like that's why I love the open space work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, over, I used to just have like an office by myself, and I feel like I just sat there and stared at the walls because I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't like this. But just whenever we're, I, you know, we build off of each other. We feel mm-hmm. like when people come and tap me on the shoulder, when I like, I don't mind that. Yeah, you know, it's just like we have to tap you pretty hard because yeah, those are I, really effective. I say that, and I'm like, like I have to be around people, I mean, but then I have like noise canceling. <laughs> On and I'm like, <laughs> there are a few times when I've called you, like what? <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Only happened, like, that's when I get in times. the zone. Yes, <laughs> um, but also, you know, when I've had my black coffee, for sure. Right. Yeah. For sure, that is you too. Yeah. Tea. All right, Nate. What that's about you? That's such an intriguing question. Um, I know. Gosh, I, okay, so being a seven, like, I I don't have a great routine for anything. <laughs> and, and my wife would attest to this, and it drives her just up the wall. Yeah. Um, I think my best work comes when ideas come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Beth can relate to, like, w- love ideating and creating. Um, and when that's when I'm most passionate is right after I have an idea. Um, and and <laughs> I, so can, I can be 110% for a while, and then I need to pass that idea off to someone else to help me finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, it, I mean, it's important to know your your weaknesses too. But, yeah. um, and I think ideas, let's see, um, I think I'm a night person, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. me too. I think oh. if I could, I, I mean, I do have a handful of children, so I have to go to bed <laughs> at a decent hour. I'm usually like laying in their floor waiting for them to fall asleep. Um, ideas come then. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but if I could, I would if I could, I would definitely stay up late and work. We're always us between us three, I feel like we're always texting each other at like seven PM with like yes. all these D ideas or Beth yeah. and I are like, yeah. You still working? Yeah. Perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> Some of my it. best conversations with Beth have happened via text at literally nine, ten o'clock while I'm waiting for my children to fall asleep sleep in bed and yeah um, yeah there's some good work that gets done there honestly <laughs> we'll get some good things yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny which I think is also a reflection of that kind of funny earlier conversation about you know the is the traditional work day kind of broken and you know our influencers they're doing their best work in the evenings too yeah. and in the you know windows of time between kids and their their day responsibilities so i think it's appropriate that we're kind of following their lead in that way so well, and this whole idea of work life balance and what do they call it now yeah uh, I, I mean integration yeah work life integration. integration i think yeah. when you love what you do yeah mm-hmm. and you know i mean some, most of us have a, a family life as well but i think those things can bleed well and it's it can be healthy yeah Right. And I'm not the type of person to turn my phone off at 5 p.m. and not answer emails. I I prefer to respond to things and Mm -hmm. and communicate, you know, um, and I always always tell those people that I work with, like, call me anytime. It's Mm -hmm. totally fine. And I I appreciate that style of working Mm -hmm. because I I love my family, but I also love work. And I and I think there's can be a blend of both. And I guess that is a balance, so to speak. But I love that it's become okay to say that, though. Right. I mean, it used to be. 
I think that, you know, is supposed to be either family or work. And I think that that's why that term work-life balance has kind of started to evaporate. And mm-hmm. um, because I, I love both. You know, I think it's it's okay to love your work. It's not okay to work yourself to death. And, but, and we would yeah. never require someone to respond to us no. after hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just my personal preference. I prefer to, yeah. you know, stay in touch. So. Right. <clears throat> I think we kind of badger our people. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you? Why are you? responding to this right yeah. now. Please don't respond yeah. now. But Please I, don't respond, yeah. but this is what <laughs> Brain dump. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have two last questions for you guys. Um, one is just kind of a fun one. When you were a kid, what did you want to be or think you were going to be when you grew up? Oh. It's just going to be sports related because mine totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you two are exhausting. Uh, All right, who's going first? Yours? I want you to go first. Are you still thinking? Uh, no, I know what I wanted to be. Go ahead. I'm very all over the place. Growing up, well, I was kind of a mix. I my mom literally says that like she would pick me up from Sunday school and literally I'd be like on the table singing. So yeah, like singing like Annie, not even like the songs of church. I think like, we have a video of that. We do. Probably. Yeah, we'll put it on the screen. Yeah, just go ahead and pop yeah. But I I just like loved singing, but then I also wanted to be a muffin maker. I don't. I don't even make muffins. <laughs> like I don't even make muffins. Mm. I don't even know if my parents make muffins. But there's the tweetable quote of yeah. this podcast. But the fact that you could do that, think. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went into college thinking I was going to be an orthodontist. So, and then I realized great. it's a lot of science. Yeah. So, <laughs> science. And then science. I realized, of course, obviously, that this was my sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. it really is. I and then that. I was going to be a sports broadcaster. That's... So. Well, here we are, behind a mic. finally on the mic. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> so, like, hands down, wanted to be an Olympic gymnast. Wow. Um, wow. I, I started gymnastics when I was five, I think, um, because I, literally, I I wouldn't stay off my head. And my parents, <laughs> they had to find this outlet for me and my energy. We would have been an entertaining duo. And I was, just, I was always you standing on my head. Or uh, Yeah, all the family videos are like, Nate, stop that. Nate, stop touching that. Nate, you know. Um, <laughs> And then um, nothing has yeah. Changed. So I got this. I got this book when I was nine or ten. It's like Tim Daggett's Dare to Dream book. Um, he was an old Olympic gymnast, and what? and I knew in my, I, my heart of hearts I was going to be an Olympic gymnast. That someday. is amazing. I made it till about twelve. <laughs> Say, yeah, 12, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Um, Let it be known. All then, of a sudden, he'll just do handstands in the yeah, office. Transitioned so. into other obscure sports, but um, <laughs> uh, but so you know, funny. so I didn't become an Olympic gymnast, but I did become a gymnastics coach and married. Yeah. My wife and I owned a gymnastics studio in, in um, our hometown for a while, and that was a lot of fun. And so, in fact, yeah, that's gymnastics. kind of our resounding joke about you know when I hunted you down to come work at Soapbox. And I saw that background in the world of gymnastics. And I'm like, this guy can handle an office full of women. <laughs> 100 <Yes>. true. <laughs> but we do have another guy now. So that's yes, exciting. So do. I'm no longer the, the sole male at the office. Yes, exactly. Which kind of was hard for you. Yes. It was really tough. Yeah. The end of Hated an era. Yeah. <laughs> so normally I don't answer these questions myself as well because I really like to kind of interview and ask you guys but you what did you want to be when you grew up surprised to learn that similar to you know your parents talking about stop that be still right mm-hmm. so i just my mom would joke that i wanted to learn to talk to everyone everywhere because mm-hmm. we all know i love to chat i love to converse and so i started studying foreign language and i was like well okay got french down check okay let's move on to spanish check like who else is out there who else could i talk to right so I intended to join the Foreign Service. 
I was looking at international business. Um, yeah. So I still think it's not that far off because I joke that mm-hmm. so much of my job is translation and communication and all of those sorts of things. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. I love that. All right. Last question for you guys. So Oof. we talked about social proof and having influence. So, you know, someone's either listening to the podcast and, you know, aspiring, they they would like to become an influencer or they'd like to develop that side hustle or full-time hustle. Um, or maybe they're um, just really in their everyday workplace um, and they're thinking about how can I become more of a thought leader? How can I have more influence? How can I um, have an impact on the people around us? So what would be your tips? Like what does it mean to have influence and to wield it wisely? Oh, mm. you should have prompted us before. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, I'm, okay, uh, so unprepared for this one. <laughs> Sharp. I know yeah. you got it. <laughs> we can bounce off the, the classic. He's like, mm, going to punch that one over there. Um, no, uh, my first thing I thought of is just being authentic. Um, I feel like that's something that... Sometimes to a fault, that's what I can always be. Like, what you see is what you get. But that's what the people want. It like. Is. It's what the people want. <laughs> what Give the people, people what, what they, they want. want. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, you know, I feel like that's what we were talking about the other day as of like, you know, with influencers, they find their why they figure out like, oh, I'm good at this. And I think also for me, I am very bad about just like taking the leap you know, getting outside that comfort zone, just do it. Cause mm-hmm. once you step beyond the fence, there's so much freedom there, but it's just getting right. over that fence of just like, if there's something you're passionate about and you've been bottling it up, like right. talk about it, you know? And yeah. I think thirdly, just have your people, people again, but <laughs> you know, have your group of people that are going to support you and lift you up and remind mm-hmm. you why you're doing what you're doing, why mm-hmm. you are passionate about what you're passionate about. So I'm really big on about just having your, your crew. Yeah. Um, I have that here. You know, I have my family, I have my friends <laughs> and just like having those people surrounding you that are just going to always make you better. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's kind of like our friends at go rogue who, um, you know, have been nudging us to get mm-hmm. this podcast off, uh, to, and, and started. And um, they always say just hit record. Right. So yeah. Love that philosophy. Nate, did we give good, you enough answer, time to come up with that something? <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, if you think about the maybe some of the key words that might be associated with the podcast, this podcast, <clears throat> I think of the word authentic, mm-hmm. organic, mm-hmm. Um, genuine, integrity. The, those are, I think, some of the key words that resound with me and, and they're, they're principles that I that I think, honestly, all of us in this office and we have a culture mm-hmm. to try to live by. So. Yeah, you know, most of us have probably read How to Win Friends and Influence People. <clears throat> and for some reason, that book always kind of bothered me a little bit because mm-hmm. they it felt very tactical. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's like, here are some <clears throat> tactics that you can do to influence people. And I don't think that's what this podcast is about. It, yeah. It's not yeah. about, you know, tactics and making eye contact or some of those superficial things that I think maybe 20 years ago people associated with. Yeah you know, creating influence or, you know, having this macho persona or something like that, you know? And so for me, I think influence is all about being genuine with people and making real connection and having Mm -hmm. real conversations and, you know, being vulnerable with those Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. you and obviously appropriately in a professional, um, Mm -hmm. if we're we're talking about professional environment, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I keep going back to those keywords of 
being authentic to yourself and authentic to those around you. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think influencers as well um, as just people, normal associates in a workplace can kind of live by those principles. And I think that's what drives real influence. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. agree. Okay, so I lied. One more question because you prompted it. Um, I love that you brought up how to win friends and influence people. Napoleon Hill wrote that in, I think, like 1935. And it's so interesting because... Was that? I thought it was a... Isn't it the 30s? Am I wrong? Well, was it Napoleon Hill or was it... Um, we have to look into this. I'm pretty sure I th- it's Napoleon Hill. I thought it was a... Uh, Oh, we'll we'll, we'll look arm wrestle. Okay, yeah. okay, look okay. it up. Okay, okay. fine. Uh, anyway, regardless, we like books. We like mm. to consume mm-hmm. content. We like to consume articles around here. And so, one of the things we'll be asking our our guests is kind of what are you devouring right now? What are you consuming? And you know, it doesn't have to be a book. It can be a podcast. It can be an audio book. It can be pizza. You know, like what are you? <laughs> Guilty. What are you? What are you consuming right no now? Um, you know, is there a series, a movie, a book that has captured you? And that doesn't have to be on topic here, right? With influence. I'm always curious what people are consuming. So anything sharp? Oh, gosh. Record. <laughs> oh, I do love my records. I, uh, I've yeah. heard. I've heard tell. <laughs> like, um, yes, Beth uh, gave me a really good um, record recently. Um, I Actually, it's so funny. We talked about things that fuel you when you work. One thing I started doing is listening to um, a record when I'm working. And I'm like, all you have to do is work until this, this. It, the vinyl is over. Yes. Um, and it helped me. It was like a good way to set a timer, you yeah, know, a peaceful way so to do cool. that. Um, yeah. Right now, gosh. Okay, I've been watching Suits recently. Oh, yes. And I mean, it came out forever ago. But what I like about it is like, one, I'm not a really lawyer mindset, <laughs> but I'm like so passionate about it and what they're doing. But also they are too. Like yes. that's been one of my favorite things. Like I think in the most recent episode, it was like, why do we do what we do? And they're like, cause we love the law. Like yeah. we love what the law can do. And the black, I'm like, yes. Yeah. I feel so bad because me and my boyfriend are watching it together. And all of a sudden, like he'll come over and he's like, want to watch suits? And I'm like, so I've watched like five episodes without you. And he's like, just catch me up. All right. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Oh gosh, but so yeah, I feel like, I I get bad about like black and white and politics and all that. And so I'm loving being stretched out of my comfort zone too mm-hmm. of like learning more about it. Yeah. That's so fun. And their suits are really great. I mean. Yeah. It's got suits. <laughs> Come on. Remember when people wore those. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nate, what you got? I'm kind of embarrassed to say because I feel like <clears throat> maybe I'm a middle-aged female at this point because my I, I am like really passionate about Madam Secretary on Netflix. Well, obviously, <laughs> anybody <watching> else <laughs> um, politics, um, and then I'm into kind of trashy political thrillers right now. So just finished uh, Deep State by Chris Hottie. Yes, mm. um, the one that you left us to great go book. sit in your car and yes. listen to. Oh yeah, the, okay. uh, um, yeah. The surprise at the ending, it got oh, me. So okay. I, love, I love some good books too. Yes. The Nightingale, also, yes. I'll throw that one in there. Huge Audible fan here yeah. on my commute in. So I go through yeah, a, a book true. a week or you so. You have a good commute for it. Okay. Oh. All right. Final question. Promise. Oh, God. How many final questions has she given us? <laughs> like 12 final oh. questions. Okay. <clears throat> what are you obsessed with right now? What are you so oh. into? It can be anything. Can be an app. It can be a food. Mm. I know your answer. <laughs> One, uh, fourth two. grade tackle football. <laughs> oh, are we going to do sports at the yeah, same time? I was like, come on. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, yes. 
Yeah, so I coach my my nine year old son's fourth grade tackle <laughs> football team, and I we're we're three and one right now. I so. think that you finally Hopefully. found a microphone to tell people about. This. I know. I feel <laughs> like, like I want to pull up videos. I know. And, it's yeah. Post game interview right now, right. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fun. I, I, yeah. I always had a passion for sports, and I have a passion for watching my children do those sports, and so. That's so fun. That's what yeah. I think I'm most passionate about right now. I would say that's accurate. <laughs> Much to my wife's chagrin, because I'm yes. never home. Yeah. Always. I like, thought you were going to mention a specific burger, so that was a great yeah, answer. Oh, so. oh I could up. get behind that, too. I know. Part like part of me wants to say it's World War II. I've been slightly obsessed with it lately, and movies with World War II. So random. I know. <laughs> yeah, but I can't. It's sports. I'm with Nate, and it's why we connect on Monday mornings, and we give football recaps. I grew up in a sports family. Um, my granddad coached, I call him coach. Um, my uncle is a football coach at Vanderbilt currently. And my little brother plays football at Mizzou. Yeah. I'm just surrounded by it. You know, when people ask, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm like, well, it depends on where a bowl game's at, you know, <laughs> just it's life, but I love it. And I'm passionate about it so much. Um, sometimes you don't want to be sitting next That's to That's gotta be game. rough though, to be a, a Razorback, a Mizzou yeah. and a Vandy fan. It's really hard I guys. Mean, that's, yeah. Um, that's tough. I love the underdogs. No, well, How that's about good. that? That's good. Yeah, no, but weekends are, yeah, and everyone's always like, who are you going to root for? And for me, blood is thicker than the water. I did go to Arkansas, but that's so funny. my allegiance lies elsewhere right now. Mm-hmm. I also love that you guys found a way to turn this into a sports yes! podcast. So okay. that's impressive work. Okay, I mm. promised no more questions. Yes. So we'll wrap Thank it up. You. Thank You're you. Welcome. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. This was actually really fun. It was fun. I know. And I'm I'm really excited to bring Social Proof to life and yeah. to have people join us and to meet some of the guests that we've got in store. So There's so much good ahead. That's that. That's a wrap on Social Proof. Yeah.